0: Welcome to Episode 7 of the Bomber Brothers Podcast. Sean and Ryan with you. We uh, we had almost a full podcast going until I realized I wasn't recording, so I'm playing about as lackadaisical as the Yankees are in the infield right now.
1: Yeah, well, Greg Bird just dropped the ball the, the, earlier in this game, just in and out of his glove. I'm, that's probably happened to me once in my entire amateur career, but I wouldn't expect it out of a big leaguer, but it happens. And, uh yeah, whatever. What are you going to do? But yes, last night, Yankees had more errors than hits. So, uh, yeah, I think that's on par for what we're doing on this podcast right now. Forgetting to hit the record button, and I'm not showing up for interviews, and, and there we go.
0: But we promise it'll pick up because we have Jack Curry of the Yes Network coming on. We'll play that interview in a little bit. We also have DJ Eberle, uh beat reporter for the Scranton-Wilkes-Barre Rail Riders. He's going to give us some awesome insight onto what we can expect in terms of September call-ups, which are coming up uh, just this week time's flying by and the yankees are you know currently missing some chances to you know hold their own in the east and it's it's funny like like you said we talked to jack curry just a day ago and it's it's amazing how quickly things could change a lot of the context of that interview was you know are the yankees back in this al east race and now here they are just two games later in danger of dropping both of them against a really inferior white Sox team they You know, luckily, luckily, Miguel Andujar, one of the only Yankees who's really, you know, carrying the weight offensively right now. He has a home run tonight as we record on a Tuesday night. But, you know, playing James Shields, one, one of the league leaders in terms of home runs allowed this year in Yankee Stadium, which is incredibly hitter friendly. But, you know, Andujar is the only one that's getting the Yankees on the board right now. And that's after the Yankees got two hit last night
1: yeah I mean the Yankees are playing lackadaisical baseball they're not they're not fielding well and and the hitting's been atrocious especially I mean James Shields is not a good pitcher anymore I'm sorry they should not be only scoring two runs through six innings they were six innings against them uh and, and a lack of threats p- period in, in those and um you know Rondon's a quality pitcher they faced last night but still that there needs to be more of an effort there. Uh, the the guys on yes used the excuse last night about getting in late and all that kind of stuff but I mean in a pennant race you have to show up ready to play regardless of if you're tired or not
0: yeah and um, you know we've given our you know fair share of criticism when it comes to Aaron Boone and, and the way you know the pitching staff's been managed but you know you can't blame Boone really for this lineup because he's just putting out what he's been provided with there's been a lot of injuries and not much reinforcements provided in the wake of those injuries you have you know Aaron Judge again we're a broken record but still not swinging a bat he he was taking some outfield practice on Monday and said that the wrist was hurting a little bit after so he's not going to be back anytime soon yet it's it's still Shane Robinson coming out to left field he made a great catch last night but he's still not doing anything at the plate and you have Neil Walker in right field who turned a single into a double last night it was just a incredibly sloppy game last night, and you know, given given uh, Greg Bird over there at first base tonight, it doesn't look like it's it's getting any better. And you're you know, you try to distinguish: is this team playing lackadaisical? Are they settling against a team that you know they're just kind of coasting against because they think they should beat them no problem? Or is it more that we're just dealing with a young team with a lot of people playing out of position? I think it's probably a little bit of both. But, you know, obviously Andujar has a lot of work to do defensively at shortstop. And I think what's, you know, what could be easily forgotten is the Yankees just really missed Dede Gregorius at shortstop. You know, with they don't have the best defensive infield as it is, and Gregorius has been that anchor at shortstop. And without him, they, they look pretty lost in the infield right now.
1: Yeah, they're not uh... – Their their infield defense is leaving a lot to to be desired. And uh, going back to what you first said uh, about Judge, uh, I think he said the pain is down from a 5 to a 4. So if we extrapolate that, um, he won't be back until about February. Uh, (laughs) So if, if he comes back when it's at zero. So I'm concerned they have two days to add an outfield bat from when we speak today. I hope they do it because time is running out
0: yeah i just if you're brian cashman you know his track record shows that he knows how to make the right moves and knows what the team needs but if he's catching some kind of pressure from above from hal steinbrenner telling him you know don't take on more money we're already close to the um to our limit to stay under that luxury tax you know he just he needs to go in there and just you know assert himself and and Basically, just show him Shane Robinson's stats over the past month, and and help him realize that, you know, Shane Robinson in the outfield is going to make it tough for the Yankees to even assert their place as the first wild card team. That you look at that lineup tonight and last night that that seven through nine is that has to be among some of the worst in the league with with uh, Robinson and and either Romine or Higashioka and you also have Torres down there now these are not guys that are really gonna get it done and again you can't blame Aaron Boone he's putting out what he has and he really doesn't have many other options but for for a team like the Yankees with the resources they have and the money they have for that to be your seven through nine for the last month when you're trying to catch a team in the American League East is just flat out unacceptable
1: yeah, they're go- they're going to sacrifice a better chance at a World Series this season because of 197, whatever it is right now.
0: I don't. know. I've tried to push it from my mind because it just. Makes I, me I, mad. Remember,
1: I remember in 2012 we started hearing about 189, 189, the march for 189, and and here we are six years later, and it's it's still. I think it's up to 197, but anyway, yeah, uh, um, it's really frustrating. Um, the, the options just aren't there, and I know we talked to DJ about what's coming, and, and there's not much.
0: No, if you think Tyler Wade could be an upgrade from Shane Robinson, that's I've, I've got a bridge to sell you because Tyler Wade has been almost as bad as Robinson has been in the major leagues in AAA because Tyler Wade's been really struggling down there, and he, he's you know shown flashes of productivity, and he you know can give you speed on the bases, but he needs to reach base first, so... You know, right now it's, you know, looking at the state of the Yankees right now, like you said, two days away from missing out on a Granderson or a McCutcheon, you know, in two days, the door slams shut and you're pretty much stuck with these guys. But to be honest, even though there's still time, theoretically, it looks like that the Yankees are committed to sticking with these guys. And, you know, I think... uh, for as reactionary as Yankees fans are, I think they have a right to be upset about the way that this whole situation has been handled.
1: I, I agree. Um, and, you know, there's only so much we can do. Like, you know, it'd be nice if we could just be talking about how this guy on the bench has looked really good lately or how, you know, guys are just performing or or stepping up. Um, but instead, we're talking about what ifs because of a self-imposed financial restriction for the team that makes the most money in all baseball.
0: Yeah, one, among the most valuable franchises in sports as a whole. I think mm-hmm. they're in the top five when I think Forbes just released that about a month ago. They were in the top, I don't know, the top six or something like that. But regardless, there there should have been moves made. There should be moves made, but it doesn't look like there there will be any so I, I really don't know what else to say except that it, it's frustrating to see and, and and you know the product that they're putting onto the field is pretty much giving you what you would expect at, at least in these last two nights you know it, it was nice to get excited over the weekend when the Yankees were winning all those games and, and gaining so much ground but those you, you know you also have to pay attention to the teams that they were playing against
1: well as as Jack said, you can only play who's in, in front of you. And even though I, I definitely Sunday night I woke up Monday morning in a really good mood after the uh, after the win on Sunday night baseball, the Sunday night game that only God knows why it was played on Sunday night. Uh, I mean obviously money is the answer, but
0: everyone um, wanted to see Shane
1: Robinson. Well, how could you not? And um, Luke Voigt. Well, I mean I kinda do want to go see Luke Voigt. <laughs> uh you know, he looks like uh, – he said Mark McGuire is his idol and he won't stop lifting weights because he wants to be jacked, which is, hey, more power to him. But, uh, but yeah, I, I woke up Monday in a good mood and you're like, you know what, they, they didn't really play great because, I mean, there was a lot of – they forced Baltimore into a lot of errors and, and everything in that Sunday night game to – but you felt like, okay, we got a chance. They're sliding. We're coming home. Maybe things are going to start to come together. And then you get a game like you get Monday night and just the wind's completely taken out of your sails and you're back to back to this frustrating season where it's it's just a a bunch of what-ifs and if only they could get it going, and 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 that's where we are.
0: I don't know if this news is gonna make you you know happy or mad just given how the Yankees are playing tonight, but the Marlins just scored five runs in the eighth inning off the Red Sox to take a six-four lead.
1: Good. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I kinda want Boston to have a historic historically great season and then lose in the playoffs just so I could, you know, call them choke artists and all that and the Yankees be the only team that ever finish off that be the greatest team ever because they actually won the World Series. But yeah, I mean it's good to keep pace, um, but the Yankees need to start doing a lot better if that's gonna matter. Those Boston losses are gonna matter.
0: Yeah, and like, like Jack Curry said when when we talked to him, the Yankees he said the Yankees should probably go six and one in this seven game stand against these inferior teams. If they really want to have a good shot to get back on top of the AL East. And here they are with a chance to, you know, potentially, of course, this is the Marlins, the Red Sox could easily wind up coming back and winning this game, but, you know, potentially with an opportunity to make up ground again. But as of now they're, they're wasting it because again, they're not scoring runs. This is not a deep Yankees lineup right now, you know, on the positive side, it sounds like Didi Gregorius should be back next week along with Gary Sanchez who hit another home run tonight so that's encouraging. This one was an Oppo Taco on a Tuesday too. So that that would have been a good uh, DD tweet.
1: Yeah. It's uh, it's still it's August Gary. It's just Triple August Gary, I guess, but uh,
0: Yeah, I f- or- definitely feel robbed of not being able to see August Gary because the last 2 years of Gary Sanchez in August were some of the most fun individual performances to watch
1: yeah but having him and and dd back in the lineup down the stretch will be big i think it'll change the dynamic of the team and you know speaking about fun guys to watch just the last couple of weeks have made me realize how much you just love watching aaron judge like you have a different feel when you're watching the yankee game when he's healthy versus the way it's felt the last couple of weeks and you know we're talking about waking up Monday and feeling hopeful and then seeing the news. He's not swinging. And that's the the day that tweet comes out that Aaron judge swung today and he f- feels good. And like, that's going to be such a great day. And that's going to, I think going to get everybody energized again, but for right now, things are not good.
0: No, I can't count how many times I could have used that Wolverine meme where he's in bed holding that picture. And then the next picture is always manipulated with, and I could, yeah. I could insert judge in there. I don't, can't count how many times over the past month but the Yankees really do miss him um especially right now with um Giancarlo Stanton starting maybe to press a little bit he's trying to get that 300th home run he almost had it the other night but was robbed in uh, dead center field I think that was against Baltimore and um so yeah so he you know he's over three tonight now went over five with four strikeouts on Sunday so he might be pressing a little bit and you know that's when you really wish you had judge there to alleviate some of that pressure off stanton and you know of course that's individual pressure he's just trying to get that round number of 300 but having judge in the lineup obviously completely changes the whole dynamic and you know you replace aaron judge with shane robinson this is a, a totally different team
1: yeah absolutely and it's not a fun team
0: no it, it hasn't been fun to watch the last couple nights it's Espe- you know, defensively especially, I-, I definitely didn't expect there to be so many adventures in the infield without Didi Gregorius. You know, Torres has had his struggles, and again, you have to remember this is uh, also a really young team. You have you have Greg Bird at first, who you know this is his third year in the majors, but in terms of actual time played, he's very young and inexperienced, and Torres is a rookie and Duhar is a rookie, so. You know, a lot of uh, areas where the yankees can catch themselves in some some rookie mistakes defensively and you've definitely seen them the last
1: two nights absolutely yep and that's uh it's something they're going to need to improve on going forward
0: all right so uh i think this is a good uh, time to play the
1: uh jack curry interview let's uh the one the one that i missed i, I missed both interviews because it works so uh thanks for holding down the Ford and you're the professional here anyway so let's uh, let's hear what mr. Jack chef Curry had to say
0: We are joined now by Jack Curry of the S Network you can catch all of his analysis on Yankees pre and post game shows and he's nice enough to join us today Jack thanks for coming on
2: Hey, Ryan,
0: it's good to be with you. So first things first, all the talk right now, the Yankees won four in a row as we talked today on a Monday. They've won eight of nine. Meanwhile, the Red Sox finally scuffling after their historic season. Are you buying this recent surge by the Yanks? Are they back in the AL East race, in your opinion? Most of this success has been against inferior teams, but you know they're getting the wins when they're supposed to.
2: Right, you play the teams that are on your schedule, so it's not as if the Yankees can order who they wanted to play at any given time. And, in answer to your question, yes, of course they're back in it. I mean, they gained three and a half games in three days, and now they're five back in the lost column with about five weeks left in the season. Is it going to be a tall order to surpass the Red Sox? Of course it is, but as you've seen in baseball, things can change quickly. You mentioned that the Red Sox. Sputtered. They really haven't had a losing streak this season. So the Yankees took advantage. They beat up on the Orioles. The Yankees have a a soft schedule this week playing the White Sox and the Tigers. And I think the thing you have to remember, Ryan, when you're the team that's chasing is. You can't have a slip-up. I look at these seven games this week, and I think the minimum the Yankees can go is 6-1. and one. You've got to beat the teams on your schedule that you're supposed to beat. They have a West Coast trip after that against the A's and the Mariners, so obviously things are going to get more challenging. You beat the teams that you're supposed to beat if you're the Yankees, and they, they try and keep making the Red Sox feel a little bit more uncomfortable.
0: So if the Yankees are to complete this comeback, a huge part is going to be Luis Severino. They need him to be the ace that he was last year and for the first half of this year, pitched on Sunday night, gave up two runs, gave up a home run. You know, he looked better, but he seemed to be getting into a lot of full counts and running into trouble in against, you know, an inferior Orioles offense. So what kind of improvements did you see from Severino? Is he on the right track to get back to where he was before the All-Star break?
2: I think his last two starts have been better, Ryan, but he hasn't been the pitcher that he was for the first 18 starts of the season, and you talked about it. It's the Orioles, first of all, so we have to be honest about the team that he's facing, and the one thing that stood out to me was he didn't have that crisp, sharp, fighting slider that is so important for him. He threw it, but he wasn't really fooling anyone with it. He wasn't getting the swings and misses or the feeble hacks that he normally gets with that pitch. I thought his fastball was better and his fastball command was better, but you can't go out there with one pitch unless you're Mariano Rivera. He he needs to have his slider. He needs to have his changeup. So I think between now and the next time he makes a start, it's about figuring out where that slider is. Why didn't he have that slider again in this start? I know from working with David Cohn, he talks about having an entire season in 2000. He couldn't find the slider, and it was absolute panic mode for him. Severino isn't there. He he has his slider. He's had it. He just hasn't had it recently. I think it's up to the Yankees to figure out why that is. And you're right; they need him to be an ace if they are going to get where they expect to get the rest of the season.
0: So he he worked out of trouble through his first few innings, and then he gave up both of his runs in the last inning in two thirds. You know, kind of a transition into the manager how do you how do you see aaron boone's job so far in terms of managing the starting pitching it seems like at times that he's maybe stuck with the starters a little too long and they've gotten burned through the last you know third two thirds of an innings of their outings how do you think boone has done in terms of managing when it's time to go to the bullpen yeah i think
2: boone as a first year manager you're always learning and you're always adapting and you're figuring out your personnel it's decisions that are made by Boone and Rothschild with what the front office puts in front of them. We know that the Yankees, like many teams, are a highly analytical team. So, for instance, if you talk about CC Sabathia, the numbers when CC Sabathia gets into the third time through a batting order, especially slugging percentage, I don't have it in front of me right now, but the numbers shoot up. So I think with CC, the Yankees are kind of always looking at that third time through the order to potentially go to the bullpen. I think each start is an individual start, and you have to see where a pitcher is. I think analytics and and studying what a pitcher has done in the past are of vital importance. But I also think you have to look at what's going on in that game. And I know from talking to a lot of players, they say, you study the swings that that batters are getting into the pitcher. And if the starter in the past has struggled a third time through the order, but he just went through the past six batters and nobody touched him and his stuff looks crisp. Those are the times where I, where I think you have to push that person a little bit and decide this is a game where we can get a little more out of him. I think it's tempting for Aaron Boone when you have the bullpen that he has to go to that bullpen early and to say, wait a second, I, I've got this guy. That I mean, and when we know who those guys are, I've got Green, I've got... Tances, I've got Britain. We know Chapman's on the DL right now, but there is a temptation to, to go to those guys even earlier. And I think I think Boone has done a good job of not overworking some of his pitchers and trying to make sure that he keeps everybody as fresh as possible.
0: So another big storyline of of the weekend was uh, Luke Voigt and his three home runs. You know, Bird doesn't get the start last night against the righty you know obviously i don't think anyone expects void to continue this pace but just how cloudy do you think bird's future is with the yankees now that void is producing at first base and you also have neil walker a guy who can play first base who has been hitting the, the ball well over the past month as well
2: yeah i think what has happened with bird has been puzzling to the yankees because at the beginning of the year they they talked about him as being the kind of guy who was a middle-of-the-order impact hitter on a championship team. And once he got over the ankle surgery and came back, there were a lot of times where he struggled. And then he did have an upsurge where he was hitting more line drives, getting the ball in the air. I even go back to a a week ago when he had that grand slam against the Blue Jays. And if you're the Yankees, you're looking for reasons to believe that Bird is back. Well, right after that grand slam, he has struggled. I think it's 0 for 13 with five strikeouts. So there's a reason why Luke Voigt is playing right now. Luke Voigt got the opportunity because of Bird's struggles more than because of anything he did. I mean, he did go back to AAA, made some adjustments with his front foot, and he used to tap the toe a little bit more. Now he's just kind of getting the foot up and right back down again. But any ascension that Luke Voigt has made is because Bird opened the door for him. The Yankees would rather play Greg Bird, but they need Greg Bird to produce, and he's not producing right now, so I think he gets more opportunities. I don't think the Yankees are just going to close the door on playing Bird, but Luke Voigt is hot right now. As you said, three homers in his last 12 plate appearances, and if you hit, you're going to play, especially when the guy who was at that position was struggling as much as, as Bird has.
0: Another Yankee who's been hitting better of late, Glaber Torres, an 880 OPS in his last eight games, also had a home run on Saturday. Are you seeing anything different with Torres, maybe mechanically, or is just the timing is back? Because he did miss some time with the hip injury. Is it maybe just him finally feeling 100% again, or has has he switched anything at the plate?
2: I I think it's a little bit of both, Ryan. Uh, Going back to Bird for a second, when, when Boone has tried to explain some of Bird's struggles, he has said, Sometimes even though a guy has overcome an injury and is ready to play, not everything might be 100%. Not everything might be in sync. I kind of felt that way when Glaber Torres came back from the DL, that was he ready to play? Could he go out on the field and play every day? Yes, he could. But something seemed out of sync for him. And then I think once you start to struggle, then maybe you get into some bad habits. And I thought Torres for the first part of the season was terrific at – late zone discipline and, and, and not going out of the strike zone too much. And I think he starts to do that a little more. We've seen recently that he's not doing that. And we've seen those better at-bats where he's either extending the at-bat or, or he's making sure that he's swinging at strikes. And we, we've seen a, a much better hitter across the last – I'm not exactly sure how many games. I think he's 13 for his last 38, so – that's right around there, about a 340, 345 average. So, obviously, for that period of time, we've seen the Torres that the Yankees had seen earlier in the year.
0: So, now here we stand towards the end of August. It's been almost exactly a month since Aaron Judge went on the DL with that chip fracture in his wrist. You know, we see some video today of him doing some outfield drills, but still not swinging a bat. What's your take on the Aaron Judge situation right now and where he might stand in his recovery? Is it a situation where maybe surgery could have been considered? I think there was a similar situation with Carlos Beltran back in 2014 where he was dealing with something similar. Where do you see Judge in terms of his recovery time right now?
2: Yeah, I spoke to Brian Cashman about Judge last week and and asked him about Judge and the fact that Obviously, when the injury first occurred, the Yankees talked about a three-week timetable, and Cashman said, we had reason to believe in that timetable. We we believed that Judge would recover in time based on what we thought the injury was. We thought three weeks was legitimate. Well, it turns out that three weeks ended up being very optimistic. And When I spoke to Brian last week, he said maybe now we're looking more at a six- or seven-week injury. So, where does that put him? Then we get to the middle of September, but as you said, he's got to start swinging a bat first and and until he does that the the clock just continues to tick and he's not out there on the field and you don't know exactly when you're going to get him back. So, the Yankees continue to say they believe they will get him back this year, but he can't start swinging a bat until the pain is out of that wrist and that pain hasn't left yet. We mentioned something on one of our pregame shows last week. Um, Now everyone's different. Everybody's wrist is different and everybody's Injury or recovery time is different, but a couple of players in, in recent years have had that injury. Freddie Freeman missed 42 games, and Trey Turner missed 51 games. So, I believe Judge is in the 20, the high 20s right now for the number of games that he has missed. So, the Yankees would it's 29 actually. The Yankees would love to get him back, and I think it would be great for them if, if they could get him back at this point by those, by those final two weeks of the season when they have uh, six games of their last 13 or against the Red Sox.
0: So, of course, you can't replace an Aaron Judge, but, you know, John Carlos Stanton has done his best to maybe alleviate the absence of Judge with his incredible production over the past month or so. Now, here he sits on 299 home runs. He went 0 for 5 with four strikeouts Sunday night against a pitcher in Dylan Bundy who had given up. You know, seven earned runs in each of his last three starts. You know, are you seeing any pressing from Stanton? Maybe, maybe he's feeling the heat on getting to that milestone. We we, we know even someone like Derek Jeter talked about the pressure getting to him before number three thousand. Do you see that as a possibility? And it seemed like he was taking some pretty healthy cuts last night. Yeah,
2: I'm sure. I'm sure that's more than a possibility. I'm sure it's a probability. He's he's human. He knows that that number is is coming next and we all fixate on round numbers, so to get three hundred home runs is obviously a huge accomplishment. Were it not for Cedric Mullins, the Orioles center fielder over the weekend, he he would have three hundred because that kid made a tremendous catch going over the fence and robbing Sten. So I think only Sten can answer whether he's focusing on it too much, but this guy is too good a hitter and has hit too many home runs for this drought to last much longer. I don't even know if I should call it a drought. I mean, he's going to hit that home run, and maybe when he hits that home run, he busts through and has some sort of resurgence. But, yeah, he didn't He didn't have a good game last night. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Uh, a rough game Sunday night for Stanton.
0: So t- you mentioned earlier the in- injury to a this Chapman. We saw David Robertson come in and close the door last night. Do you see Robertson just maybe being the set closer for the next couple of weeks until Chapman comes back, or do they mix it up a little bit? It seems like Batances is comfortable in that eighth inning role. So do you see a, a set plan for Boone in the bullpen?
2: It's a good question, Ryan. When Chapman went on the DL, Boone mentioned Robertson, Britton, and Batances. I actually said on our shows that I would leave Batances alone. I would leave Batances in the eighth inning. He's been a terminator there. He seems incredibly comfortable there. I wouldn't mess around with him. I thought that Britain and Robertson would both be the closers or the relievers who would get the opportunities to close. As you said last night, it was Robertson. But Britain might have actually had the more high-leverage situation. So I think Boone and Larry Rothschild are going to mix and match. But I wouldn't be surprised if they leave the campus alone and the mixing and matching gets done with Green, Britain, Robertson and just let the Kansas handle that eighth inning.
0: Again, we're joined by Jack Curry of the S-Network, always posting some new uh, workout songs on Twitter. I think most recently it was Simplify by uh, Young the Giant. If if you had to give us, let's say, your top three workout songs, what, what's the top of that playlist look like?
2: You know what, Ryan? It's, it's, it's random because they're really, what I call them are, get-me-home songs. So it's whatever it's whatever. I, I still run with an iPod, by the way. I don't know if that makes me uh, if that makes me prehistoric, but it's it's whatever comes up on the shuffle. So I don't necessarily I can't pick a top three because that's part of of the allure for me. Is I try and get to a song that that's going to allow me to run that that last mile maybe thirty seconds faster than uh, than I wanted to. But uh, it, it's anything usually that, that that's kind of fast and kind of interesting. and I, I will throw a Bob Marley song in there every once in a while, but but reggae, that's, that's more of a sipping a beer on a Sunday afternoon than it is running that last mile. So it's, it's whatever happens to hit me at that moment.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Jack Curry of the S-Network. Yes Jack, again, thank you so much. Great stuff as always, and uh, we'll be watching you on the pre- and post-game show coming up.
2: Hey, Ryan, thanks a lot for having me. I enjoyed it.
0: All right, thanks again. All right, good stuff from Jack Curry, and obviously so grateful to have him on to take the time. And you know, as, as we addressed before, he said the Yankees need to go six and one. They're in danger of starting zero oh and two, so that's obviously a a bad sign. But you know, I, I was also I was also glad with his um, honest appraisal of Severino the other night because you know, with, with these. With all these injuries, the Yankees obviously have so many holes they need to fill, but they're also looking to get their ace back. You know, he's not hurt. He's still pitching every five days, or he had seven days of rest uh, this week before his next start. But Severino's a guy who's still there, but someone that they really need to get back to form if they're going to have any chance to get back in, in the division. It You know, With the Yankees, every five days you used to have basically an automatic win, and Severino still leads the league with 17 wins. Who cares about wins for pitchers anyway? But like like Jack said, Severino has looked a little better, but we also have to take into account the offenses he's faced the last two starts and the fact that his slider still hasn't looked like it had the same bite that it did a month ago or two months ago.
1: Yeah, we saw that slider get hit a couple times. Um, fastball command was better, but as Jack said, you can't just pitch up the fastball. So it's encouraging. He got one pitch back, the fastball back, um, but we have to see that slider start start breaking again and, and with that tightness. And I know Arod mentioned the cement mixer and, and the dime and the quarter and all the things that A-Rod had to say, but um, – <laughs> if Severino doesn't get that wipeout slider back we're, we're in a lot of trouble and especially he's you know he's not going to that changeup uh very often either
0: so what do you think of what he he said about the bullpen David Robertson maybe Zach Britton as the closer but he was pretty adamant about keeping Batances in the eighth inning role I, I think right now Batances is your best bullpen arm but are you one of those who are you know Pretty set on keeping a pitcher where he seems comfortable at the moment, and maybe you know give the cl- temporary closer role to to a guy like D. Rob or, or Britain.
1: Yeah, I, I think mi- mixing and matching is probably the way to go, um, based off based off based off situation. Um, but we've seen we've seen Batances Um, have a little bit of, have some issues transitioning between innings and and things like that. And I mean, he is a guy who's very, his control is an issue. It's something we worry about if he's comfortable in the eighth inning, leave him in the eighth inning. He's doing an awesome job. Um, you know, obviously so happy for, for him, but, uh, leave him there and then just play matchups with Britton and, and, um, and Robertson and they could fill out the seventh and ninth, just depending on, on where you are in the lineup.
0: Just to, uh, pause real quick we were talking earlier about how great it is to see Anduhar duhar hitting so well and he hit that two run home run someone we forgot to mention was aaron hicks who has been hitting very well of late and he also just tied the game with a two run home run in the eighth inning let's go i like this this is we're like the mike francesa app right now just like giving our commentary of the lot li- of the live game and except i don't think people would pay nine bucks for us
1: Or for Francesca. Oh, my God! (laughs) Actually, I was listening to the Oh, My God game uh, to Francesca as it happened. (laughs) Driving to Buffalo Wild Wings (laughs) during March Madness. (laughs) But anyway, that's a huge home run by Hicks. Uh, Yeah, he has been swinging the bat really well lately. Started in that Baltimore series. I know he had hit a couple balls hard and there was some frustration there. And it's nice to see him uh, come up with a big hit and uh and tie this game so hopefully uh hopefully some good things are ahead on this podcast some good reactions
0: yeah the the yankees really need aaron hicks right now especially because brett you know he gardner hit a home run in the baltimore series but he also has been struggling a little bit at the plate and i think we talked about this last week about how you know boone really not having a choice but to play him more than he would like to because of all these injuries so he might be wearing down a little bit but i i think the Um, ascension of Hicks is is fascinating because they you know they they basically get him from the twins for for nothing everyone was up in arms about John Ryan Murphy look what happened to him and and then even last year you know Hicks showed flashes of of brilliance and but the book on him has kind of been he's inconsistent and he gets hurt and he can't stay healthy well now you're getting a consistent healthy year from Hicks and, and all of a sudden after being kind of a question mark for his first couple years it, in New York, you almost are starting to think of Hicks as as a staple for the future. I mean, you, you look at his value in terms of you know putting the ball in play and getting on base. He worked. He, he's among the league leaders in working full counts. He also has a good arm in the outfield. He he gets on base. You know, I think uh, I think it was Katie Sharp who wrote an article on Hicks and you know and basically. You look at his numbers that demonstrate his offensive value, and, and, and those numbers are up there with guys like, like Mike, Trout, Mike Trout when you look at his uh, on-base percentage and and slugging percentage and things like that. So I think your uh, outfield of, of the future could definitely include Hicks now.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, it's the outfield of the present. But, yeah, he's, uh, he's done a great job. Uh, and you're not even talking about his defense, which, you know, is – phenomenal out there and his arm and everything he, he prevents runs in, in so many different ways and, and he helps create them too obviously he's a pretty streaky hitter but that's the thing about his obp rising over the last couple of years is one thing that shouldn't go into a slump is your eyes uh so that's uh yeah, def- definitely encouraging
0: so now we've got uh, another interview coming up with dj everly it's it's getting to be that time roster's expanding to 40 and um some september call-ups coming up We'll uh, ask him about players to look out for, but again, I think um, you know obviously before we play that, and I'm sure fans are aware that not much in terms of immediate reinforcements will be coming from these September call-ups. If if the Yankees want to make some upgrades, they have to do it in the next couple days and and get somebody from the outside instead of bringing them up from within because no one down in AAA right now is going to be much of an upgrade from your Shane Robinsons and and Austin Romines, except oh, yeah. Gary Sanchez because he's on a rehab assignment.
1: Right. The Yankees could have used Jose Bautista, who just went to the Phillies from the Mets. They traded with a division rival, so I, I don't understand why the Yankees weren't involved on that. Um, so, yeah.
0: So you want to just play the DJ Everly interview? This is nice. We have two interviews. We We don't have to talk as much. Yeah, I don't want to talk to you anyway. All right, good. So we're gonna, we're gonna, well, I'm gonna talk to DJ Eberly instead because Sean has other priorities. And um, we're gonna talk to him about some September call ups and what to expect in a week when those rosters expand. All right. We are joined now by DJ Eberlead, beat reporter for the Scranton Wilkes-Barre Riders, the Yankees' AAA affiliate. DJ, thanks so much for coming on and talking to us.
3: It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Anytime.
0: So first, I'm just curious, you know, the season ends for the Railriders in a few days on September 3rd. So what's it like for for these minor league teams who, you know, once they move on to their playoff schedules, they wind up also losing the bulk of their production due to September call ups.
3: Yeah, you know, it, it's, it is interesting to see what happens. You know, I will say, though, last year with the way that the season ended up, the Yankees let a lot of the guys stay, like the Miguel Andahars, the uh, Kyle Gashioka was the catcher until the season ended. Um, Some of the pitchers stayed. It, it, it really it, it depends the way that things go. But, yeah, I mean, there's a possibility that you could see guys like Chance Adams go up at any point, Tyler Wade go up at any point. um and, you know, some guys like Justin Sheffield can be put on the 40-man and go up at any point Steven Tarpley Things could happen, it could be very dynamic This team has already lost a lot of guys Over the year, over the season, just because The way that the Yankees roster's been structured With injuries And trades So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens um, You know, right now the, the Rail Riders are A game out with a week to play So it'll be interesting to see what happens um, Yeah, it'll, it'll be fun to watch
0: so let's dive into some of these potential September call-ups. You mentioned Chance Adams. He's on the 40-man. He pitched okay in Fenway in his Major League debut. Do, do you see him being called up? I feel like he probably has a high chance to get called up to probably a bullpen role. And how do you see him translating to a relief role in the Major Leagues?
3: Yeah, you know, I think that if there's a pitcher, I think he is probably the next half. I mean, we've seen him pitching in relief for the Yankees already this year. Um, but, you know, this luckily for Chance, you know, I was talking to Rail Riders manager Bobby Mitchell about this yesterday. Chance was a reliever, uh, you know, pretty early on. He had the last couple seasons he's transitioned to a starter, but he does have that background and that foundation that he can go back on and rely on. And I think that'll help him succeed easier or tra- at least transition easier compared to a Justin Sheffield who is learning this for the first time, learning how to pitch as a reliever, learning, you know, what pitches to throw. Cause it's, it's a little bit of a different mindset and, you know, when you're a starting pitcher, you'll, you'll labor through some of your pitches if they're not working on any given day. And with, you know, the uh, reliever, you just, you, you figure out what's working and you go to that. and Usually you stick with that. Um, so you know, we've sort of seen Justice work through some kinks early on compared to Chance, um, but yeah, I think if we're, I mean, I think that Chance will be one of those calls whether it's Rail rider season ends or even before that when rosters do expand.
0: So it's a good transition to the next guy, Justice Sheffield. A, you know, a name Yankees fans have heard plenty about this season so far. He was in the Futures game. You know, with the role of this Chapman out, the Yankees could use a lefty arm in the bullpen. Could you see Sheffield, you know, stepping up into a role in the Yankees bullpen? And what can fans really expect from Sheffield? And what should they expect to see?
3: Again, you know, I, was, I was having a conversation with Bobby Mitchell, the Rail Riders manager, about this again yesterday. And you know, even though he does not have much experience as a reliever, um, and he's only done it twice with the Rail Riders so far this season, his mental makeup. To give fans confidence and self confidence that he'll be fine being able to translate up into the bigs, because he's a gamer, he's a grinder, he's got confidence on the mound, he believes in himself, and I think that helps especially when you're pitching in big spots, you know, against the Red Sox in Fenway Park, where it could be down the stretch during the playoffs. Or, he, yeah, he's someone that I think will have success when, he, when his time is called upon. I know Brian Cashman, the Yankees general manager, said a couple week, about uh, a week or so ago that. You know, the plan was for him to, you know, pitch three or four times out of the bullpen, and then they thought that it would be time for the call-up. So, I mean, he's pitched twice. It's very possible in Ross's band he could be uh, called up as well. Yeah, he's going to be a guy that I could very well see, you know, it's sort of the same path that David Price took when he was first called up with the the, uh, Rays. He was called up as a reliever. And then, obviously, transitioned into a, you know, bachelor starting pitcher. and was that great, you know, he's been a stunt pitcher for the last decade or so. So, I mean, you can see just taking a similar route because this guy's legit.
0: So, speaking of, of left-handed arms, this is probably more of a, a dark horse candidate, but Nestor Cortez, another lefty, he's been great uh, over his last, you know, 10 stars or so. Do you think there's any chance you could see him up in the Bronx, uh, especially with, like I said, with Chapman out and the Yankees maybe needing a lefty arm in the bullpen?
3: Uh, Nestor has, well, Nestor is last, last night struggled a little bit. Um, but part of that could have been he, Gary Sanchez was, uh, you know, calling game for him and they had not worked together before. Um, so, that, I mean, that, that could be a little bit of it. But, yeah, I mean, I think. Nestor is an op- is an option. He obviously was with the, uh, the Baltimore Orioles earlier this season, so he's got that major league experience. If, if there was guys, if I had to rank it, like in tiers for as you know pitchers that could be called up, you know it would probably be a chance that it was Justice Sheffield, Stephen Tarpley, and I think if there was a fourth pitcher that was called up and it wasn't George Kanto someone else who's played a role already um, at this point for uh, the Yankees, uh, it could be it could be Nestor Cortez, yes.
0: So moving on to some position players, obviously Shane Robinson made made a great diving catch in the field last night, but has really struggled at the plate. Any potential outfielders in AAA right now that could be seen as maybe a potential offensive upgrade over Robinson? I know Tyler Wade has some outfield experience, but he's also struggled in AAA as well.
3: Right, you know the thing. The thing that fans have to remember with Shane with Shane Robinson is that when he was originally, you know, when he originally signed here, you know, there were guys like Clint Frazier was ahead of him, who's you know injured right now. Billy McKinney was ahead of him, uh, and then you know, even last year, you look at some of the depth that they have with J.K. and Mason Williams. Really, it's you know, the plan was never for Shane Robinson, really, in my opinion, to be a guy who played three or four days every week. This is what's happened with injuries and traits. Um, and as far as guys with the Rail Riders right now, I mean, the interesting name, they just signed him to a minor league uh, contract, Quinn Barry. He's the guy who won't offer a lot with the bat, but he's got a ton of speed. This is a guy who's stolen 399 uh, bases in the minors. He's had 20 games, 20 stolen bases in the seasons in the majors. He's got a World Series ring. So if they wanted to call up somebody who could steal some bases for him in extra innings, I mean, that could be a guy. The only outfielder that has any possibility of being called up, in my opinion, is Ryan McBroom. He's a corner outfielder. Um, you know, he's first baseman by trade. He's still adjusting to outfield life. Uh, he has he's his ups and downs in the fielding portion. Um, so, I mean, unless the guy who would be, who would be able to replace Shane Robbins would be Clint Frazier, but I don't know how soon Clint is to returning.
0: So any other, you know, potential sleepers, quote unquote, that you might see get called up that maybe fans don't expect?
3: I mean, guys that I think warrant the conversation is Mike Ford. He's been on fire lately. Last I looked, he was batting over 330 since uh, July 19th. He's a first baseman. It depends on how they want to play with Luke Voigt and Craig Bird. I mean, if they want to ring up a third one, it could be Mike Ford. He's the guy, again, that was Rule 5 draft pick, has really turned it around. Uh, this season, so he could be he could be something. Um, and then obviously Tyler Wade I expect to be called up when rosters expand or after the Rail Riders' season ends, depending on how they want to play things. Because you got, I also got to remember D.D. Gregorius is working on his way back, Aaron Judge you hope is working his way back, Gary Sanchez obviously is working his way back. So they'll have, they're going to get an infusion of bats here when rosters do expand, whether you guys getting called up for guys being healthy.
0: So you just um, oh sorry go ahead.
3: No, uh, I, was, I was just going to say. Aside from that, going down the lineup, unless I'm forgetting someone, uh, I mean, this this team has been just the way that the season has gone. I mean, they've lost a lot of their talent at the beginning of the year, so when you look at like prospects and guys like that, it's tough, it's tough to see anybody else possibly getting looked at. I mean... Yeah, and plus maybe baby, Gio Shell is the guy that's got major league experience. He could be someone who can, he gives you flexibility being able to play shortstop, third base, I think he could play second, too. That could be someone who also gets called up uh, at some point. Uh, other than that, it's tough It's tough to see anybody else, really.
0: So you mentioned Gary Sanchez uh, caught last night as we talk here on, on a Tuesday. Um Set to catch nine innings, I think two more times this week before coming back to New York. At,
3: at, yeah, at the very least, He's looking. Uh, they're gonna so he's in DH. Nine innings tonight. Catch nine innings back to back Wednesday and Thursday. And then on Friday they're gonna reevaluate and it's to be determined what happens from here. So, so it's very possible he can play through the weekend. And they can just wait till that September first. I mean, he, he could play one more game with the Rail Riders. They can bring him up on uh, you know Saturday when they don't have to worry about it until the postseason. Um, that's an option as well.
0: So, so how did he look to you last night? First impressions. Obviously, hit a home run. Um, yeah, how did was he too look
3: at the plate? He had his big strikeout late in the game in the seventh with uh, guys in scoring position. But, I mean, he also – the one thing, you know, everyone obviously is worried about is how his groin looking, uh, uh, obviously, and how he runs bases. Well, he got caught – after he had his fifth-inning single, he was at second base. Someone hit a ball – sh- it was Mike Ford hit a pretty shallow ball into uh, left field, and he sort of got caught in between second and third. Second-guessed himself. Shuffled back to second before the ball dropped and went to third. Ended up getting thrown out, but he had an opportunity to test his groin, sliding to third base. And all reports are that, you know, everything he, he, he continued, you know, he, he entered the game at the bottom of the frame with catch and continued to play. Uh, so, I mean, things look good right now. Uh, he obviously, you know, two for four with the homer and another, you know, a hard hit single is really good to see. Um, you know, he could this, I, I think Gary Sanchez returning is really going to be the shot in the Army Yankees' needs.
0: For the rest of the way Awesome Talking with uh, DJ Everly beat reporter for the Rail Riders the Yankees AAA affiliate I saw you tweeted the other day uh, some excitement for the office night coming for uh, uh, in, yeah. in, in Scranton so give me your favorite character and what do you think your favorite episode of the office is Oh
3: you know I was just I've been watching a lot of the office lately and I I was just saying well, one of my uh, favorite episodes are and I think it has to be uh, I think it was season Oh, what a was it? Well, I know one of uh I think probably the customer survey episode where uh, Dwight and Jim get framed. Um I want that's one of the early seasons. I want to say like season three or season four. I'm trying to look for it. Let's see what uh what season was that? Maybe even season uh, yeah, season five. Uh, that was a good one. Um and then he, I love I've always loved the Jim and Dwight dynamic. Jim's always been my favorite character. I know it's sort of like a very easy answer because he's one of the most popular characters on the show but i mean he's he's a classic
0: yeah no that's a good answer this customer survey one's a great episode i, I would probably go with the one uh, where um, michael and jan go to chili's to try to win over the, the client uh yeah. yep. that's that's a classic but uh, dj thank you so much for uh, for talking with us today and uh, good stuff and um, yeah enjoy the office night when it comes <laughs> thanks i appreciate it all right thank you all right so thanks to dj eberly for talking with us a lot of good stuff on what to expect in terms of what youngsters might be coming up the way and good information but obviously sean not anything too crazy in terms of you know obviously nothing really that is going to change any kind of tides in the immediate future
1: yeah i mean i I think this you know yankee fans are smart we know what's out there and we know what's not out there we know there's there's no top prospects waiting to be called up um you know like when we spoke spoke to lou last week he said that the next wave is really down down we kind of have everybody up except for sheffield and, and um you know chance adams i guess is still a top prospect and uh mike king
0: yeah carried a no hitter through six innings the other day i don't think that someone will see in september but just because like you said right. he's, he's still uh down on the totem pole along with guys like esteban Florial, but um yeah, I think the big uh, one
1: will be Sheffield out of out of the, out of the pen. That'll be the big the big ad.
0: Yeah, especially given what's going on with Chapman. That's that's a lefty arm that's not in the bullpen right now. So you know you might even potentially see Sheffield in I wouldn't say high leverage situations, but maybe in some medium leverage situations. And another guy that DJ mentioned, Quentin Barry. Maybe you'll see him uh, pinch running for someone and trying to trying to swipe a bag there and maybe change the tides in, in a tie game kind of like when the Yankees are in right now, but that's now going to the ninth inning because uh, of a Greg Bird pop out. But like you said, he had hit the ball hard three times today and until that point, so I'm not even going to get into the whole. Maybe he's turning it around because we have that discussion about five times when it comes
1: to Bird every month. Yeah, I can't believe we didn't really talk about Voight uh, too much uh, this episode, but what he's done, uh, he actually, ha- I think he had another hit tonight. I know he had a hit last night. Um,
0: in the cleanup spot.
1: Oh yeah, uh, he, he's it's, he's done a good job of stepping up, and um, you know Greg Bird's going to have to suck it up now and and just play when and when his time comes because right now uh, there's no time to be seeing what he has that that time has passed.
0: Yeah, it's really just about hoping you catch some lightning in a bottle for long enough until the more reliable, consistent reinforcements come up. So hopefully, Void Void can keep swinging that bat and doing that Sammy Sosa gallop after his That's uh, awesome. after his swing yeah maybe don't be like sammy sosa any more than that but just just the gallop
1: well he's <laughs> he's the same color as sammy sosa now <laughs> so um i
0: guess i guess before we go um the office night coming up in uh in scranton for the rail riders as we uh talked about with with dj he uh he likes the customer survey episode as his favorite I think you know mine. It's the one I told DJ too. But but the client episode with the uh, Don Cheadle doppelganger <laughs> is probably my favorite.
1: I I didn't know that guy wasn't Don Cheadle until until I was looking at Don Cheadle's um, IMDb IMDb page. <laughs> didn't I was like I've, I've been saying it same. him. Um, yeah, that that's a tremendous episode. Casino Night is a all time classic. Yeah, that's a great one. Um, but my favorite is probably the episode. Um, I think it's called actually Gator. but, uh, it's, oh, the f- yeah. it's the first episode where Jim is in the other office and, um, Andy gives the big tuna is a super ambitious type cut up to get a head type guy. <laughs> I'm not concerned.
0: <laughs> and, uh, and then Jim sends Dwight the Gator.
1: and it goes and off, it goes when off. He puts it by yeah. his belt. That's, yeah, that's but, a good one. He, that's, that's that's one of my favorites
0: dj dj gave uh, jim and dwight as his favorite characters i'm sure a lot of people would agree with him but my, my dark horse is, is creed I, lo- I love creed
1: thanks i never owned a refrigerator before
0: <laughs> all right well now that we're getting off track we can probably say good say goodbye here hopefully in a week maybe there's some more ground made up you know it, it's i think the uh tone of this podcast was a little doom and gloom after you know what had been a couple sloppy performances but the Yankees have come back they've tied the game hopefully they can you know close it out but
1: Again, I, I like I like how we talk about how we're very you know down to earth, analytical, <laughs> and then like Hicks hit, hits a home run to tie the game, and our voices are up like a whole octave because we're so excited.
0: Because you you want you want to get excited. You you remember this time last year is is around when the Yankees were getting ready for that September surge, and then all of a sudden they get into the wild card game, and and they go immediately go down at the snap of your fingers, and then they come back and win that, and then it was just. Uh, that was definitely a fun ride, and I think Yankees fans, us included, are, are craving some of that exhilaration again. And obviously, guys like Shane Robinson and Austin Romine aren't providing that right now.
1: That's yep. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. We just want some hope.
0: <laughs> well, hopefully, there will be, and oh, I, I wouldn't say a new hope because it's you know recognizable faces and, and uh, a familiar hope when uh, Judge and Sanchez and Didi come back, and hopefully. By the time we record next week, we'll have two of them back. We'll be more realistic with Judge. But, again, thanks so much to Jack Curry. Thanks to DJ Eberly. It was awesome having a little doubleheader this week in terms of some guest experts who can enlighten us with uh, with their talents. But, uh, Sean, I'll talk to you next. Well, I'll probably talk to you in a couple minutes as this game goes on. But I'll talk to you on this podcast forum next week.
1: All right, I'll talk to you next week. Hopefully we uh, are in a good mood and hopefully the Yankees are, are playing some good baseball and we have some news on Judge and, and Gary and Dee, Dee are back and hit some dingers and uh, things, things start to turn around a little bit.
0: All right, there you have it. Well, goodbye, everybody. See ya.